you don't need outdoor space, contrary to popular belief, or containers or soil to grow your own food. Welcome to Eat Your Veg, a podcast for all things plant-based. I'm your host, Elizabeth Emery, a vegan food blogger and recipe developer based in Vancouver, BC. In these short podcasts, we'll explore all aspects of eating a vegan diet, from sharing the best plant-based milks and cheeses, to explaining exactly how to cook tofu and why you're still getting it wrong. If you're a brand new vegan, or if you're simply looking to eat more plant-based meals and want a bit of guidance, this podcast is for you. This is episode 17 of the Eat Your Veg podcast. Two easy foods you can grow or ferment at home. Hi everyone and welcome to Eat Your Veg. Hope you're all having a great week so far. It's April. Oh, it's finally April. We're into spring and it's wonderful and I love it. And I am delighted that the weather is starting to very slowly get a little bit warmer. I don't know if you're in lockdown where you are or what's going on here in BC We had restrictions imposed again back in March, so we're not in complete lockdown, but things, they're definitely a little bit tighter. We can't eat out and things like that. We can't do indoor exercise anymore. So yeah, it looks like we've still got a way to go with this pandemic. Anyway, today I wanted to talk about growing and fermenting your own foods. So have you ever tried growing or fermenting your own foods at home? It's actually the most satisfying thing ever. And I don't mean growing them in a garden or on a balcony, though those ideas are fantastic. The ones I'm sharing today are things everyone can do, regardless of your outdoor space. They require no soil and are cheap, easy ways to grow or make nourishing foods for yourself. So the first I want to talk about is sprouts. I grew up in a house where my mum always sprouted alfalfa and we were seen as such major hippies. (laughs) It was untrue. I remember her adding alfalfa sprouts to my school lunch boxes and my sister's, which I didn't much appreciate at the time, I have to be honest. But now looking back, I think it was kind of cool. Sprouts are great added to sandwiches, salads and nourish bowls as they provide extra crunch and nutrients. And in my opinion, they taste really delicious. Sprouting seeds, so I'm going to use alfalfa as an example here, is one of the easiest things you can do at home and I have to say it is incredibly satisfying watching them grow. I've got a tutorial on the blog which I'm going to link to in the show notes but basically you just add alfalfa seeds to a mason jar, cover the jar with cheesecloth or something like that and rinse the seeds with water twice a day to encourage them to sprout and that's it, that's as complicated as it gets. It's the coolest thing. After a day or two, you'll see them start to sprout into these little shoots and they're usually ready to harvest in about four days. And when it comes to harvesting, you literally just rinse them in a sieve, get the seed husks off them, and then you can stick them in sandwiches and salads. It's absolutely delicious. And I think in these times where we're not able to socialise and we're not able to do a lot more sort of outdoor sociable activities it's really nice to have something satisfying that you can do at home that requires minimal expense and minimal effort sprouting seeds are pretty cheap Um, i find them in my local whole foods or in pretty much any health food stores in my city and you'll likely find them there as well you can often buy them online as well they just come like packets of seeds and yeah they're pretty inexpensive and great fun the second food that i love to make at home because technically we're not actually growing this one, so I can't say we're growing it, is sauerkraut. 
I'm a massive fan of homemade sauerkraut because it's full of probiotics, which are great for the gut. It's also really tasty and provides a nice tang in your meals. Now, as a little side note, if you're not a fan of fermented vinegary tastes, I wasn't either. I really never enjoyed anything pickled growing up. And I think a lot of sauerkrauts traditionally use vinegar in them. And I just want to make a quick point of saying you don't need to. To make sauerkraut, you absolutely don't need to use vinegar. The natural fermentation process is going to give you a slightly tangy, sauerkrauty taste. And I actually personally much prefer it. It's a lot softer. It's a much more gentle tang than using vinegar in your sauerkraut. So it's not needed for this recipe. If you're not a fan of sauerkraut and you're not a fan of tangy things like that, I would still say give this a try because this recipe and this method of making sauerkraut is quite different to anything else. So this one actually involves fermenting red cabbage for about four days on the kitchen counter. Again, it requires very little space and expense because all you need is cabbage, water and salt. Again, I've got a tutorial on the blog showing you exactly how to make this, which we'll link to. But essentially, you just cut the cabbage into similar sized pieces, press it down firmly into a glass jar so that you squeeze as much in as possible and cover it with brine, which is just salted water. You then want to cover the jar with a piece of kitchen towel to stop dust getting in and leave the jar for about four days to ferment on the counter, checking it about every day or so just to make sure it's got enough water. Again, I do go into more detail in the tutorial on the blog, so you can find all the full instructions and tips there. So these are my two favourite foods to grow or ferment at home, and I really hope this has inspired you to get busy in the kitchen and shown that you don't need outdoor space, contrary to popular belief or containers or soil to grow your own food. It's one of the most satisfying things you can do and trust me, once you try it, you will not look back. As always, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider subscribing and leaving a review or rating an Apple. These reviews are incredibly helpful as each one makes the podcast show up slightly higher in the rankings and I am so grateful for them. And I would love to hear from you. If there are any questions or areas of vegan living you'd love me to cover on the podcast, please let me know. You can email me at elizabeth at vancouverwithlove.com or DM me on Instagram. I'm at Vancouver with Love. See you next week. <laughs>